This is Dave Helling with Deep Background. Before we get to today's podcast, we want to throw in a couple of quick clarifications and corrections to what we talked about concerning Evergy and Kansas City Power and Light and Westar. First of all, you'll hear us refer to 600,000 customers for the new company. The actual number is 1.6 million. Also, while there was at one time a business connection between Black Hills Energy and Black Hills Corporation and Kansas City Power and Light, Black Hills is not the parent company of KCPN. Uh, as we talked about in the podcast. And finally, just for clarification and context, Wolf Creek, the Wolf Creek Nuclear Power Plant, still has a license to operate for the next 25 years or so, even though at some point it will end, of course, uh, its useful life. But that won't be for some time. With that in mind, here's today's podcast. A big power merger in the Kansas City area. What does it mean for your energy bill and your energy future? I'm Dave Helling of the Star's Editorial Board. Welcome. You are on Deep Background. <music> Greetings. This is Dave Helling with the Star's Editorial Board, Kansas City Star, that is, on September 18th, 2019. Deep Background. Thanks for joining us, Leah Becerra, my co-host and uh, partner in crime is with us. Leah, great to see you. And uh, Steve Ockrod, who is the business reporter and an investigative reporter for the Kansas City Store, or once was the business reporter, does a little bit of it still. And we want to talk today about the impending merger of two well-known companies in the Kansas City area. One may be more well-known than the other, Kansas City Power & Light, KCPNL, the energy company, is about to become a merger partner uh, with Westar Energy and a company called Evergy. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit about this. Is it, uh, It's escaped notice a little bit, hasn't it, Steve, that these two you know, really big energy companies are becoming one. Why are they doing it, and what does it mean for people who plug in the toaster in the morning? <laughs> yeah, good, good, all good questions. So this is a fairly long in the tooth uh, corporate merger. Um, the two companies had tried a deal uh, a couple years ago. They announced, I think, in 2017. And then, you know, these are these are highly regulated industries, so you've got to get the blessing of state regulators. In the Kansas Corporation Commission, which regulates energy or utility companies in Kansas, they rejected the proposal, the first proposal, uh, on the grounds of saying that you know it would saddle the resulting company with too much debt. Cost jobs, I think they argued. Yeah, it was was just generally not in the public's interest. Let's back up a little bit. Kansas City Power and Light is what? The energy provider for? They're they're the electric utility provider for most of the Kansas City region. uh, Excluding Kansas City, Kansas, which is BPU. Right. KCK is a, that's a ratepayer-owned utility, uh, which means they're public and they're governed by a board of elected officials. Um, Independence produces its own power. Independence Power and Light's its own utility, too. And KCPNL is what's referred to as an investor-owned utility. Its parent company, Black Hills, is a publicly traded company. You can buy and sell shares of them. Weststar is also an investor-owned utility. And they... So Weststar wasn't a huge player in the Kansas City metro area previously. They were they, they there's some people in Olathe, west uh, western edge of Johnson County generally that were Weststar customers, but by but by and large Weststar is based out of Topeka. They covered most of eastern Kansas with the exception of big chunks of the Kansas City area. And so they merged and it's going you know there's going to be about 600,000 customers under the merged company. 
because uh, they came back with a better deal. It was a stock transaction, so there wasn't, uh, you know, the the, the, the debt problem kind of went away for the regulators. And they made some commitments, did they not, on rates and other things that made the KCC a little happier. Right, and, the, you know, the general proposition from the companies was, you know, we're we're going to realize efficiencies, which, you know, in the corporate corporate speak efficiencies layoffs <laughs> it can i mean the, the the companies have generally said you know we're, we're we're trying to avoid layoffs and so you know we're gonna we're gonna start downsizing to the extent that we need to through attrition not filling jobs because uh, they they really needed to convince uh the regulators that that it wasn't going to result in huge job losses but it may but you know they're they're going to say we don't. We won't have as many redundant services uh, if we combine. And you know, a big part of their argument too was, you know, if we if we go ahead as standing alone companies, as standalone companies in the future, there's the possibility that some out of town concern, some uh, company that buys utility or energy companies, would come in and buy us, and then who knows what happens yeah, at that, that point? point yeah. um, you know, then they're trying to say that. The, the local companies would care more about the local communities than, you know, some, like, say, a Canadian company right. comes and buys now, them. Now, Leah, you were telling me people are starting to get notices. I don't even open my electric bill because it's pretty <laughs> I'm on the level payment plan, so I just go down and, you know, once a month hit the button. But people are starting to get notices about this merger and maybe a little nervous about it. In my household, I'm actually not the person who pays the electric. I pay the <laughs> gas and the water, so I didn't see it myself. But it, there have been a couple notices going out, um, and I think one of the reasons why is because there's actually potentially a credit coming to people, too. So that's kind of something that seems like a good thing, I think, in a lot of people's minds, because everybody likes to get money. Right. And, and I'm sure there will be some accounting and shifting, and then in the first couple of months, people figuring out those bills will be a challenge. On the other hand, isn't merger the way of the future in energy, Steve? I mean, that seems to be, you know, there is something to be gained from scale that would not be maybe true years ago. Yeah, that's. I think that's generally true. I mean, you saw Missouri Gas Energy become part of Spire, which is a company that I think has, they, they run gas companies or own uh, gas utilities in Georgia and a whole bunch of other places. So, yeah, I mean, mergers are hardly unheard of in the utility industry because of kind of what you mentioned, you know, this, the, this, the scale, the efficiencies, um, owning, owning an electric generating plant is enormously expensive, maintaining it. Um, and having, building new ones, which is the other side of this coin, right, that, that uh, you know, smaller utilities, because they don't have that scale, have to build you know, more power generation than maybe they're capable of doing or want to do. I mean, that all of that has to be taken into consideration as well. Right. Or they, you, you, you can purchase energy. You know, there's, there's a few uh, large regional uh, cooperatives for uh, stored electricity. Um, Kansas City areas in the Southwest Power Pool, you can buy energy from that. You can buy energy from uh, other generating stations, but I mean, the, but you the, pay a premium for that. Yeah, the the bottom line is there's a there there's a lot of money involved in in running utilities, and so uh, there is some economies of scale. And there's a you know part of this too is you never know, it, and it's difficult for utility companies to predict what's going to come down the pike with any given 
uh, presidential administration as it relates to EPA mandates. Uh, that was a big thing during the Obama administration is that there were some new mandates that came down from the EPA that was going to cost utility companies money to uh, retrofit existing coal burning plants with uh, uh, certain improvements that would um, lead to these generating plants being cleaner. Um, now, you know, it's a bit of a different context in the Trump administration, but Trump's only going to be president for 48 years. Uh, who knows who comes in next? And so the predictability of running a utility company is not, uh, it's not the easiest. Well, thing. not only that, but the predictability of energy sources is changing dramatically, right? I mean, there was a huge battle, you'll remember this, in Kansas over building a coal-fired plant in western Kansas out by Holcomb. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, a major political fight, what? 12, 15 years ago, right. they finally got the approval and never built the plant because the nature of how we generate power is changing rapidly, too. And that, one assumes, is part of the calculus in terms of bigness, too, because it gives you presumably more flexibility in adjusting to those kinds of changes, you know, wind and solar and all the other things that are coming. Right. That's, a, that's another changing, you know, that's another element of how unpredictable it is to uh, run utility. I mean, wind power, I remember when I started in Kansas City about 2005, you know, wind power was sort of seen as this great untapped potential, and it was, because anybody who's been out to central and western Kansas knows it's windy as all get out uh, <laughs> at all times of the day, but the problem then was the wind, you know, you could generate power, but the trans the infrastructure for transmitting it, you know, moving moving the power you were generating from central Kansas to places where you had a lot of customers was a little harder to do, and that's improved a lot. Um, solar power, same sort of deal. Like a lot of people, it was, it was it was kind of a mini fad to put solar panels on your roof, but they weren't seen as all that efficient. But now it's a lot, it's a much better, you get more bang for your buck uh, because of improvements in solar power uh, or solar panel technology. And so you're probably going to see more people going to that. And how does that affect the, uh, the utility company? And those right, and who pays for that, Leah? And what where rates go and what you know and and plant building is an expensive and forward-looking thing it takes 10 15 years sometimes for the permitting and and the studies and 15 years down the road suddenly you don't need it anymore which is kind of what happened maybe with sunflower mm -hmm. um but you know people pretty much just want to know what the bill's going to be when they open it up right that's probably true which is why i think when people got their their message from the Evergy. soon to be Evergy company <laughs> that said that they were getting a merger savings credit, you know, for a group of people, I guess, that were customers on like August 15th or something like that. They were probably excited, right. but that's sort of like a very short term incentive to be excited about this. Right. Merger. And Steve, you, you've had more experience with this than I, but as an investor utility, uh, owned utility, which presumably this company will be going forward as well, right. you, 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 you are entitled to a certain return on your investment through the KCC process. And so you, you can't just say, now I don't have to watch anymore. I don't care about rate setting and other things. That, that, that will be as important as it's ever been. Yeah, and rate cases happen frequently. And rate, when I say rate cases, that's when because uh, even the prices that they that utility companies can set for their product has, is regulated by e each state in which they operate, and so yeah, I mean that's going to be something that you know certainly I'm going to keep my eye out for is 
are any future rate cases going to be in keeping with uh, the promises that were made at the time the merger was struck? Now, generally, and I, I say think this they've said they would freeze rates for five years. I may be a little bit off, but that's my recollection. Yeah, they're 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 going to try and hold the line on rates, but in general, what tends to happen when these uh, utility <laughs> mergers occur is when they do uh, ask for an increase in rates, they'll say something along the lines of. Well, the the ask would have been bigger if we hadn't done this merger, and right, so it always, right. you know, it's it's kind of like economic development where it gets uh, hard to really prove uh, prove a negative. But. All right, all right. Let's take a break. When we come back, well, I want to broaden the uh, discussion to energy in the twenty first century. You're listening to Deep Background. Hey there, it's Leah. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you like what you hear, help us support this podcast and the journalism that reporters at the Kansas City Star do every day by subscribing. There's an easy way for you to do it. Head to kansascity.com background. You'll even get a special discount just for being a Deep Background listener. Subscribing at that URL will get you three months of unlimited digital access for $1.99 total. You get access to KansasCity.com, the e-edition of the newspaper, mobile apps, and more for three whole months, and it only costs you $1.99. It's a pretty sweet deal, plus you'll be supporting journalism that makes a difference in Kansas City. So grab your computer or mobile device and go to KansasCity.com background. And hey, thanks for listening. Back now with Leah Becerra and uh, Steve Bachrod. I'm Dave Helling on Deep Background. We hear a lot, Steve, about the deterioration of the electric grid and how old our systems are. And I know that KCPNL is a part owner of the Wolf Creek Nuclear Generating Station, mm-hmm. uh, which is nearing the end of its projected life or may have already reached it. I mean, that thing's been around for a while. How does that factor into any of this? I mean, do we do uh, uh, should uh, all of us begin to anticipate having to spend more to bring electricity to our homes in the years ahead just because everything's getting old? Yeah, I mean, as a general matter, I would tell people that you should expect the cost of almost everything that you're doing uh, gets right, higher. But is electricity one of the things? I mean, because I do think there is some assumption if you have enough windmills and you put solar panels on your roof that you're you're you can run the meter backwards. But that seems never to really happen. You get just higher bills all the time. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, as, as a general proposition, yes, the electric grid is in the United States is seen as not being the most up-to-date, uh, being vulnerable to failure. Now, a lot of the worst-case scenarios uh, that you read about have not necessarily always happened. Um, but that potential is there. And it's in, in a lot of ways, I kind of compare it to uh, roads and bridges where the can tends to get kicked down the road because people have a hard time of getting their minds around paying for things that haven't completely failed. Um, and the electric grid's kind of like that. And there's probably going to be a price to pay in the future. But even as I think climate change even factors a little bit into, uh, in, into the utility discussion. And you see that sometimes if you, if you track earnings calls, uh, or quarterly reports from utility companies, they'll say things like, yeah, we didn't make as much money this year because the summer wasn't as hot, or we made more money because 
it was it was hotter than hell out there. And right, or we need to spend units. more money because the demand is higher than it's ever been, and right. it's 120 degrees in Arizona, and air conditioning is really tasking the grid, and therefore we need to build new generating capacity nationwide. Right. Yeah. I mean, so that, and that comes up in rate cases and arguments all the time, but Leah, let me just throw this out for discussion. My old man theory has always been that ultimately the answer to the energy problems in America or the energy challenges is not bigger companies but but much more uh, individualized power generation. You know, in essence, each house generating its own power with solar panels and other things, and you actually get rid of the grid, you don't, or you don't need as much of the grid. Now, what the companies always say is, yeah, you need us as the backup, and in fact, there's a real push, as you may know, from some utility companies to charge you more money if you generate your own power because they say we need to keep the grid up, even if you're, so that if it does, the sun doesn't shine or your solar panels break, you've got a backup. Just for discussion, is that our future, that everybody, you know, sort of has a windmill or, you know, generates his or her own power? If, if Elon Musk were sitting at this table right now, he would probably agree with you. Um, he invested a bunch of money with his company to, you know, create these basically shingles for your home that would act as solar panels right. and this power wall that would create a place where you could actually store your own energy rather than sending it all the extra back to the uh, energy company. So, I mean, I think there are people who agree with you out there. I don't think the technology has quite caught up to that theory, though. And I think that the technology that does exist is so expensive. Right, and battery storage isn't where it needs to yeah, be. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. how much you've looked into actually like putting panels on your roof alone, but it's not cheap. No, Most people is. can't afford to do and it right now. Of course, there would be economies of scale over time if everybody did it, but by and large, I think you're right. And yet, the Steve, the, the push against fossil fuels is very clear. I mean, one of the reasons we skip this discussion a lot of times is because fracking has dropped the cost of natural gas, which the utilities are now using to generate electricity, and nobody really cares about it because their bills are going down. You know, hey, this is great. I'm paying less, $50 a month less than I paid 10 years ago. That comes to an end sometime, doesn't it? Yeah, although I mean, another reason why natural gas prices dropped so much in the last, I want to say, seven years, is they discovered this huge shale is like in Pennsylvania. It stretches all the way into New York. Basically, this big underground source of natural gas that they hadn't anticipated right. it even existed. Right. So, you know, the that meant that the, uh, the 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 supply suddenly became enormous, and so that's part of why natural gas. Uh, Reserve prices drop. It's but. marginally cleaner than coal. I mean, you know, the idea that we're going to yeah, burn right. coal for, for, for energy seems to be on the way out. I mean, it mm -hmm. just seems like we're this this merger comes at a real interesting transition period for mass energy in the United States. Right, certainly, and <clears throat> I think against that backdrop, you can understand or start to better or, or start to see why. Um, why the companies decided that this was the time to, to time to do it? Right. Final couple questions. We mentioned uh, the BPU in Wyandotte County and and the Independence Power. Is there pressure on those smaller utilities to join up with these big big groups or not? Particularly, you're familiar with BPU, which is you right. know interesting and notorious for, for various reasons in yeah. the area. Well, I think you're you're. 
in, in communities that have these uh, rate payer owned utilities, it's always going to be a question of, are we better off selling? Uh, w- would it be better off if a company like KCPNL or Evergy came in and bought these utilities? Um, and particularly, better off for the rate payers. Yeah, and Independence Power and Light particularly is at this crossroads. I mean, they had an audit that was about a year year ago or so, maybe longer than that, where you know, it, this, this external audit is basically saying there's a lot of tough questions facing this utility. Um, they've had to decommission one power plant. Uh, there's a question about whether another one uh, should remain a going concern. And at that point, do they just keep buying energy out of the Southwest power pool? Uh, what do they do? And so, yeah, I mean, in, in some ways you could look at these publicly owned utilities in these communities, particularly in the context of Kansas City, where you have this big sea of uh, Evergy okay. in these little islands of publicly owned utilities where, you know, in some cases the rates tend to be pretty high. Is there, is there a better decision? Is it a better decision to sell? But those are hugely political. Th- those end up being hugely political discussions. Uh, and, and why? Because of the jobs that the utilities provide and jobs, because the of the unions and also because of the rates people pay. The rates people pay. Also just kind of what they're used to also. I right. mean, as we just talked about here, it's like it's you're starting starting to open your power bill from a different the name of a different company. Right, you want to so. see what the deal is? Okay. Well, it's an interesting time, Leah, in 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 energy production in our country. And again, maybe it's my I won't be around to see it, but I do think my grandchildren will get their energy in a very different way. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah, <laughs> or not. Right. <laughs> they'll get their news. They'll get their news in an entirely different way too. Leah Becerra, so, thanks so much for joining us, and Steve Bachrot with the Kansas City Star. Thanks for your expertise on this issue, which I think you know hasn't gotten a lot of publicity and a lot of attention, but it, it, it'll you know it changes the way people live, and it's an important thing. We'll be keeping an eye on the utility. Yeah, so. you bet. Steve Bachrot, thanks. I'm Dave Helling with the Star's editorial board. You have been on Deep Background.